You're listening to the Fayetteville 411 podcast produced by the City of Fayetteville, where you'll get information about city government and the programs and services they provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments that help keep our city moving. Thanks for joining us for the Fayetteville 411. I'm Sherry Kropp. And I'm Gab McRoberts, and we're your host for this podcast. The Fayetteville 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fayetteville, as we provide timely and informative updates every week week on a variety of topics related to the city of Fayetteville. Well, today we're going to talk about the city's development services department and what they do. Jerry Newton is our guest and he is the director of development services. Jerry, chances are many of our listeners have dealt with your department in some way, whether it be uh, pulling a permit for a yard sale or requesting an inspection on a new addition to their home. Um, Those are just a few things that your department handles. Give us a brief overview of other things that your department does. Sure, and thank you for having me on. Uh, The Development Services Department has three primary roles that it deals with, and that's planning and zoning activities, uh, building and trade and permits is the second set, and the third one is code enforcement. Uh, Most people are familiar with those and think of them as separate departments in different communities. Those are different departments, but here we group them all as one. Now, I think one of the interesting things I, I think of when I hear about development services is that you work with a lot of uh, planning, construction, um, and development. The people are working on securing this, uh, permits and stuff. Like, Tell me how the department works with the contractors and homeowners and with the permits. Sure. Well, um, I can explain that a couple different ways. Let me go back around to what we do in answering it that way. One of the things that was important to me, having worked in the private sector for many years and having been involved in this type of activity since all the way back in 1982, I want to make sure that the development community recognizes us as more than regulators, that we're actually partners with them in the development activities. So when we see items that are coming through our door, or pre-COVID they were coming through our door, uh, when we have developers we have customers coming in, we want to treat them as if it was our project too. So when it comes to planning and zoning activities, we help them through that process. Every community is different depending on who you've been working with. People are accustomed to things being handled one way. We want the customer coming through to know that it's it's okay to not know how to get through items and we work with them on that when they actually get their permits ready and they've gone through and they need to have plans drawn up we're able to help them on that we've just launched some electronic plan reviews to make it easier so anyone around the globe can be uh, uh, communicating with us in this age of information and technology and then unfortunately there are times when people aren't uh, doing what they're supposed to in the city on a whole bunch of different things and that's where code enforcement comes in But rather than treating that as uh, we caught you doing something bad, we work very closely um, to try to make those where we're not being punitive in any way, but reminding them what the city has put in place and uh, trying to work through those code enforcement cases so we get voluntary compliance instead of other ways to handle it. So those three divisions, those are some of the ways that we work in the development community and the community at large. Now, Jerry, I know um, dealing with the whole COVID-19 has been 
a challenge. Uh, what are some things that uh, you have changed within your department um, as far as working with not only um, the contractors, uh, but code enforcement as far as COVID-19 is concerned? Well, COVID has changed the way that we have to uh, relate with the community, how we interact with them. Just looking at our um, building and trade inspections, we do over 25,000 inspections a year. We haven't slowed down, but how do we do those now? We do them the same way that everybody's been hearing preached for the past five months about this uh, social distancing, the special precautions, and we came up with a technique that is uh, allowed by the state during the state of emergency where we can have remote inspections. We call that live rice because it is an acronym for us to be able to do live remote inspections and code enforcement. We can handle inspections when the person in the house is uncomfortable with an inspector going in or on the other side an inspector sees something and is a little uncomfortable being that close to whoever uh, they're going to be with. We can still conduct the, uh, the inspection that way. We do the same thing with code enforcement. It is one of the examples of something that we've done. When COVID first hit, we thought we would be able to deal with some issues and we modified how we are letting the public in. In general, our department in City Hall received the majority of the customers. They would walk back, we'd treat them, figure out where we're needing to uh, help, and we had different locations where we would have them meet with the different folks and help them get through their process. We converted the front of City Hall to allow that to happen, came up with some standards, and we just had that in place when it became necessary for all of the City Hall to close down. That caused all of us to have to rethink how are we handling it. So what we did with that, uh, we went back to a system that was in place years ago, and that system is essentially um, phone calling in, but more importantly, reminding people what had been put in place for the past two years where they can submit their requests for inspections online. We've really pushed that. We call that the online portal. We have a lot of that happening. And then actually in uh, plan reviews, instead of people walking in with questions, they now put them on electronically in a special form, the same format that they're drawn in, we can see, and then that in turn allows everybody to take a look at those and comment back in emails, which provides that permanent record. And COVID, just when most people think that things have slowed down, we did a review. I did a review uh, just this morning to take a look at what we we're looking at. The past five months, the number, uh, our revenue is at one half of a percent less than the same five months a year ago. In terms of what we've done or not done, the only big change that we've had is for a period of time we did not allow yard sales. Now that doesn't mean that somebody was sneaking one in here or there, but in terms of issuing permits, yard sale permits were down and that accounts for the majority of that difference in the revenue. But it's interesting to me that in communities where very little has been happening, that COVID has slowed and stopped activity, that has simply not been the case. Now, if I can, I, I think it's interesting to also note where there have been some differences in the, the reviews. 
we have actually seen a slowdown in the number of new building plan reviews. That to me is an indication of something in the future that we have to be watching. When we are looking at plans and they're staying constant, that pretty much gives us a forecast of looking at the same thing. But we've seen that slow down uh, the past five months as opposed to where it was last year. Outside of that, the other activities that we have, the number of inspections, even the code enforcement cases uh, that we have are all about the same. And that kind of brings me up to the next bit. Can you give me some examples of some of the city ordinances that the, your uh, department deals with on a regular basis? Sure. The city has a book that's called the Code of Ordinances. It has 30 chapter titles to it, but not every chapter actually has something in it. We're involved in nine of those chapters. So about one-third of the ordinances that are in the city our office is involved in. We're most familiar with a couple of those, the first and the last one. The first one is building codes. We've talked on that a bit. The other one is unified development ordinance, and we're familiar um, with that because those are the types of things that we see uh, come to the city council. Let me uh, just clarify a little bit about that one for a minute. The UDO, as it's referred to, unified development ordinance, is 431 pages, of which 18 pages deal with subdivision regulations. It's not very large in terms of subdivision regulations and what it has together. In terms of development standards, there's 117 pages. That's not very large. And in terms of um, the other things that make it up, 61 pages of definition, so things are clear. So when you actually look at that chapter and what we deal with there, it is not as large as other places that I've seen around the country. And in terms of uh, the standards, those are actual things that the city council determines and looks at every year and, and looks to see if they're going to change. But outside of those that we're pretty comfortable and used to, we have other ones that we deal with that are interesting. Um, and they're somewhat odd when you think about it. Why would we be involved in motor vehicle and traffic? Well, for abandoned vehicles. People will leave cars on the roads. We've seen them in parking lots, and we have to figure it out. We've had a couple cases where people have taken a train on a one-way out and left their car parked, and it was abandoned, and we find that it came from other communities. That's a section that we deal with. Um, we deal with taxi cabs. In an age of Ubers, we still have taxi cabs. Well, we have to do certain inspections on that. We also deal with manufactured homes, trailers, and how those are um, addressed. And yes, you can have RVs at your home, but are they allowed to be something that you have permanently at your house that you live in? No, that's not the intent of a recreation vehicle. And we have other ones like that. So in all, there's um, nine different chapters that were involved in that. And it really is all about making our city look better. Yeah. One of the chapters, that's exactly right, one of the chapters that we have is one that deals with graffiti. Um, people wouldn't typically think of our department being involved in getting rid of graffiti. So when you see someone has tagged or marked a spot, um, we work quickly with the, with the owner and, if needed, with the recreation department and getting that graffiti out. So what you see is the broken window syndrome that once thing once something has gone bad we try to work first again voluntary compliance um, but we get those things taken care of just to make our community 
not just better for the future, but better in where we are right now. And that kind of leads me up to the final question. And before we wrap up our show, I know uh, when we talk about building inspections, that's about uh, safety, making sure things um, kind of like preventing accidents from happening. Uh, when we talk about code enforcement, we're talking about quality of life, ensuring that we, we have a community that we all want to live in. But the final aspect is planning um, and helping that future growth of our community. I know that the staff has been working with the Comprehensive City Plan for many months um, to get to this point today. What can you tell us about this new plan and how it will improve the city? Well, the city has finally adopted its own plan for the future. It's the first time that the city has done that, at least in recent history. Maybe when they were first laying it out and they combined the two small towns to create Fayetteville, they had looked at it. But there has not been an overall plan, which we term, and it's called generically a comprehensive plan, that talks about and addresses what the future of the city should be. Now, certainly we don't know exactly what that's going to be, but it takes a lot of effort for a group of people, including those who sit as city council, to finally come to an agreement as to what it means for the future. We've accomplished that. City council and our office and many others have put together a plan that said, here's where we as a united front are trying to approach and how we're going to get there in the future. It's a great thing that planning uh, does and brings to a community. Often the most successful planners never get recognized for the effort because things just happen and they look better in the future when you compare it to the past. So that comprehensive plan was put together um, this year and we are doing things now to continue in putting that in place. For example, the zoning for the universities has not matched the actual use. That's something we'll be seeing this year. So that's part of what a comprehensive plan does. It also allows us to get funds from the state and the federal government by having it in place. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for being our guest today and uh, telling the listeners everything that the Development Services Department does. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fayetteville 411. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fayetteville, the City of Fayetteville's podcast channel, as we provide shows like this and other timely and informative updates every week. You can subscribe to Radio Fayetteville on Apple iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, as well as the Google Play Music Podcast portal. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fayetteville has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app, available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. And you can also view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net. To get information about city services, go to our webpage at FayetteVilleNC.gov. Thanks again for Jerry for joining us, and thank you for listening.